This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It's the weekend edition and you're not getting one show this week. Oh no, details on a little extra coming up too. Mm. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Sean Priest. Oh, what a great, what a great intro tune that is. Well done, you. Do you know what it's called? It's called Hold My Beer. That's the name of this theme tune. Oh, it just sounds cool. That's it's a just very so good appropriate one. for me, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, mate. How are you? I'm all right. It's Saturday. It it's is. It's the weekend. Are you chilled and relaxed? I know you got to, you know, get the rage building up on a Sunday, ready yes. for Monday. So Saturday, is that your your chillest point? I, th- I think it is. I, th- I love Saturday. I love Saturday morning. That's my favourite time mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. It's the only time of the week I do something truly for me. Okay, that's enough. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> what is oh. that? What is that thing? I'm going there. I have to what? say, you know, it's not... Well, I... <laughs> It's like installing an application on my computer. I mean, it's not really anything hugely exciting. It's like, oh, I thought about maybe installing, you know, Mastodon on my phone. Oh, well, I'll do it on Saturday morning. That kind of thing, you know? Yeah, that's right. To me, that's an achievement. No, man, a fresh install of Windows. Ah, it feels feels all snappy and nice. No, 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 no. I can't do that anymore. I can't deal with it. Because no, I do a refresh. Yeah, but the thing is with a refresh, yeah, you can do all that. But the problem is that you still have to install all your apps again and all your... Gubbins mm, and mm, settings yeah. and oh. it's true, yeah. And then you go to do that thing that you really need to do, and you think, "Oh no, I haven't installed, I haven't installed that." Yeah, I know that's how <sighs> I've been feeling. I mean, I must admit, with this Lenovo laptop, I've been waiting to hit a brick wall at some point, and so far it's been really good. I cannot lie, this is a great little machine. So, yeah, it's been working away. Now I'm jealous. Okay. Uh, nice. By the way, you are a genius, Sean Priest. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, about time. Recognise. Breaking news. Breaking no, no, no. news. <laughs> Old news. Why am I a genius, Stephen You Scott? are a genius because uh, the other day on the show, last week, week before, we were talking about my Amazon Echo and I was saying one of the things that really irritates me about it is that I've got two. I've got a stereo pair in the living room and I have one muted so that only one will respond. But the problem mm. is when I drop in on that room, it you know it can kind oh, of yeah. it's like butter side down every time with toast. It will yep. always go to the one that's muted. Yeah. So yep, therefore, yep, I yep, can't yep. T- you know I can I can hear no I can't hear them, but no. they can hear me. Um, Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And it just no, doesn't. It's, no, no, it's the no, other way round. No, it's not. That's right because they can't talk to me because the thing's muted. No, that means so the, the microphone's mic's muted. muted. Yes. So they can't talk to me. Oh, if they're dropping in from that side. No, that doesn't work either. No, it's the other way round. I'm, I'm telling you, even if I'm wrong, that I'm definitely, absolutely, okay. I think, right on this. I'll leave it there. Okay, right, I'm telling fine. you you're a genius and you're still criticising me. Right, <sighs> here we go. So, yes, you're a genius because you said you could go into the uh, Lady A app Correct. and you could say turn off communication on that specific device. And I didn't know you could do that. And you've done it and now it's working beautifully. <sighs> so nice. Honestly, <sighs> it makes me want to use more drop-in. Because I, honestly, before I was just like, do you know what? I'm just going to get up and go downstairs uh, because it's so much right, easier than going through the hassle. I don't believe you straight away. <laughs> no, I did. Honestly, I was just, I was so fed up with it because every time I thought, why does it always pick the one that isn't, why, why doesn't it pick the other one? At least once. Yes. But I got to say, why, why, why stereo pair on the Echo? So, yeah, I mean, they could, they could tweak that. So it was so much better. Well, you'd think if well, you'd have to great. mute it or whatever. It yeah, know. but you could even say, "Look, this is the one." You know, okay. So as a left, right, only one of them is going to be used as the communication device. Because the problem is, I mean, not that it really bothers us too much, but I can imagine someone might get a bit annoyed at the fact that one has an orange ring just constantly glowing from it, that's and the other one point. doesn't. Yeah, didn't think of that. Yeah, that's <laughs> you right. Because you've got the mute turned on all the time. Um, well, there is something called preferred speaker, but I haven't really looked into that. But that, I don't, I don't no, know. If, if you tell me that's a thing as well, I am. I think I may have to buy mm. you a cake. All oh, right, well, I don't know yet. I'll have to. Do you know what? I've been looking at Logitech Options, the software. Oh yeah. Oh, it's so good. 
There, I've totally changed my mind. Now, I thought you said it was all inaccessible and unusable and hopeless and terrible and the company should be ashamed. Yes, I stand by that bit, but... (laughs) Wow, I I just didn't know. So you can choose an application and say, when this application is running, these keys do this. And the, the range of things you can do... So. Right now, I've got it that if I press my uh, the keys above my numlock keys, there's four keys there. One of them starts Audacity. The other one mutes my mic. Well, that's and that's good. really cool. In Teams, it actually tells you every time I press that button, it says mic muted, mic unmuted. Really easy, really cool. I like that. And all the F keys you can assign to do different things. You can assign keyboard shortcuts to them. Um, and as I said, there's a long list of commands such as open a folder, open a file. So if you've got a, a URL, for example, you can open that or open an application. It's really cool. And that's why it makes it even more frustrating. Uh, it is such a usability nightmare. It's so many buttons, buttons, buttons. And more than that, just navigating around, it, it doesn't make sense from a screen reader point of view. You know, you've got to go through the entire menu again to get back to what key you want to set and then get to the options for that key. It's a bit of a pain. But yeah, I'm actually, it's so powerful. I'm really impressed. So I'm going to set up a whole, you know, different keyboard layout for when I'm running Audacity or I'm in Chrome. Really cool. Yeah, I must admit, I didn't get the same experience with the Logitech options, which I think it must be the same software. But the keyboard I use for my PC is a Logitech G915, and I got this when I was in Canada at the time when we were doing the double tap town halls. Uh, I think we, you and I, had gone for a wander around Best Buy or something, and I was kind of feeling up all these different keyboards because that's still legal. Please, and, um, please don't use that term. I was also okay. filling up the keyboard. I was. I was wanting to see how, how clicky they were. And the, the, something about the keys on this. Although, why is it that when you go into a store like Best Buy or any equivalent around the world, all the keyboards seem to have half their keys missing? That's because people keep feeling them up. That's why. I mean, keep your hands off. What's the matter with you? Yeah, but I mean, what do they do? What is it? Godzilla what, what, what? in there trying out some keyboards? Well, yes, I heard you smacking away at that thing <laughs> like a hammer. It's ridiculous. It's Wasn't that place so cool, though? I mean, I was amazed how much stuff was actually on display. Yeah, I must admit, that's the one thing in Britain. We've kind of, I mean, everything in Britain is terrible. Every single thing is awful. Uh, God and in, bless uh, king. king. King, though, yeah, that's right. Thank you. Um, but, uh, yeah, everything's terrible. I um, mean, you go into one of those big electrical stores, they've got nothing. It's just empty rows of nothingness. Yes. yes. And, you know, you go into Best Buy in Canada, and they had, like, lots of – they had companies like Anchor, for example. Now, I've only ever seen Anchor stuff on Amazon. You never see it in a store. No, that's right. Yeah, they had You the, guys are um, living in the land of milk and honey. Ah, they had IMAX out. They had everything. It was amazing. Yeah, you get IMAX here as well, though, in fairness. That, that's oh, not uncommon. Oh, sorry. Okay. It's just you hadn't been to any store. No. Since we'd, you know, since I don't know, 1971. I could touch things. It was very, very impressive. You just told well me to stop Canada. touching things. Yeah, well, I would gently caress you. Oh, I see. This is going weird. Now I'm all Love or not a fighter. Right. Okay, fine. Uh, but anyway, the G915 Logitech keyboard, really nice, but it's got, it's got a really terrifying set of keys in it. <laughs> How can a keyboard have terrifying keys? A Halloween keyboard. Uh, but it is good. I don't know what they do. I'm not touching them. Well, yes. it, no, it's because of where the positioning. So it has an F5 key, which is not a great key, obviously, for websites, refresh. Uh, it's got that at the bottom left of the keyboard. So on what? the left hand side, yeah, no, on the left hand side from where the Grove key is, uh, to the left of that, you have function keys one to five, top F1 down to F5. So from the top, from the Grove key down to the left of the control key, you have those extra function keys. It's the same keys as the ones above, but they're in that position for some oh, reason. Right. So you still have the F1 to F5 above the number keys where they yeah. would usually be, but you've also got them replicated on the other side. So I was doing a call. I think I was on a call with someone. Thankfully, it was only a meeting. It wasn't a, a recording. But I was having a, a chat with someone about clean feed, and I was showing them around, seeing how it worked. And then, of course, accidentally hit the control key to silence JAWS, but it wasn't control. It was F5, and therefore reset the whole thing. And that of is course. kind of dangerous. Um, yep. But it does have other keys on there. Some of them, I have no idea what those keys do. I press them, and it seems like my keyboard is taken over by a tsunami of light which ah, is just nice. ridiculous. Yes. I don't know what that's about, so I just keep pressing it until they all go away. Um, 
Well done. Sense of my life, really. Just keep <laughs> going away. Um, and then there are four keys above the the numpad, but I don't know what those do yet. They don't. They, they some of them seem to be customizable, but the problem is the software isn't. So, Ira, my friend, my companion, we're yes. going to go through this together uh, because I need to figure this out. I had to use Ira the other day. Actually, we were signing up for the Ability Summit, of course, uh, that was on, and we were talking about this week uh, Microsoft's big Ability Summit event. And the registration process, there was one bit of it that I just could not figure out, it, and it was the phone number. It kept asking, it had it, you had to type the phone number in, in a very specific way. Oh, man, that's so annoying. <sighs> and I'm like, really? Every other website in the world doesn't need you to do that. But okay, I mean, what I thought it would say is, you know, hey, put in your country code, or tell us what your country code is, in our case, UK, and then put in the number. But instead, it had to have the country code followed by a certain, and you couldn't have a space in it. And it, it was really confusing me. So I get Ira through the Ira desktop app and you know, I called up and I'm like, okay. And, and then I realized the camera was on me and I'm saying, okay, so I need you to see the screen. And I, maybe I should have a mirror around here somewhere, you know, just hold yes. up to the, <laughs> hold up to the camera. See it reflected in your deep blue eyes. Well, that's also another option. Yeah. That was the yes. fourth option above team viewer, quick assist, <laughs> and the share option. Fourth was indeed my deep blue eyes. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, the, the share screen, obviously they can't control the screen at that stage, but they can see it. And that was enough. So that was brilliant, actually. That worked really well. Yeah. Still I just, love Ira. I, love, I know, I know. It's just it's so good. It's every, And it's one of those things you just, you know, I, we don't, my wife and I, we don't have the luxury of having anyone around who we could just go and grab to help with this. And I certainly, I'm not going to go and chap on a neighbor's door and yeah. say, Hi, could you come round a minute? I've got a problem with my form field. Chap um, means knock for any non-Scots right, around here. fine. Chap, I'm going to chap on your door. Come on now. Okay, okay chap, no, I'm, I'm going to do this. Yeah, is that all right for you? There's a chap. Thank you. Yeah, well, we just need to just describe your face. Um, <laughs> right, should we get some emails? Because we get lots of emails. And look, today, we actually did talk some tech. That's kind of unusual for us. I wasn't really expecting that. Yeah, well, it's a Saturday show. It's free-flowing. It easy. is a bit free-flowing, yeah, because, look, we've got lots of topics. We've been talking about a lot of different things in the past couple of weeks that are, let's say, not tech. Um, they're kind of no, born out of tech. That. No, well, no, no, no. Well, they haven't been tech. I mean, we've the, talked about being blind from in birth. There. We talked about oh, echolocation. No, stop it. God bless you, Mr. F. It's all tech. <laughs> All day. <laughs> uh, I don't think he could care less. But, you know, honestly, I think there's there's some really interesting conversations that come out of the stuff we talk about. I mean, at least I'm saying that. Uh, you clearly feel the same way. Laura, I think, is going to have to get an eye test, the way things are going, <laughs> with the length of some of these emails that you're these sending in. emails have been crazy. God bless you, Laura, as well. Wow. What Absolutely. a trooper. Yeah, I think, I think Laura's, or people have realised that because Laura's reading them, they can just go to town on these messages. And they do. Now, there's one email in particular, which uh, the the writer, the sender of this uh, message, I've actually gone back to, to say, the email was so long. I'm not kidding you. The email was sent, it was so long, and it was a really good email, but it was yeah. so long that we're actually going to do a special extra podcast at the weekend <laughs> just to get it into the show, because it's two Three if hours. We, if we play it into the show, we'll have no time left to do anything. So, yeah. so if you are listening on the podcast, then on Sunday, or maybe even Saturday, whenever whatever gets put up, essentially after this podcast, another little extra will pop in where we'll be talking about that email. So I just, I wanted to make, you know, it's so easy just to cut these things down, but I think you would lose the flow of it. And every word you guys say, honestly, it means a lot to us that you write in, but you are saying something really important that we want to get across. So we are going to get to that email. It's Wayne that sent in the email. And I have gone back to Wayne to say, Wayne, you're getting your own special podcast this week. Um, yes. But, that is, but can I just say, that is not a competition, okay? You're not all getting your own podcast Oh yeah, for we your own be email. in trouble here. Do We're not setting start, a precedent. <laughs> don't start sending in tomes. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to get these, we'll have to get each email turned into an audiobook at this rate. No, um, yeah, exactly. But it was a great email and we didn't, yeah. re, we, we didn't want to not play it and we didn't want to cut it down either. That's so right. It was tricky. Okay, but let's get to some others because Greg got in touch, of course, from Pennsylvania. But Greg's already been in touch, by the way, about Twitter. I'll, I'll mention that at the end of his uh, message here. But uh, because, of course, yeah, Elon Musk this week and Twitter. Oh, dear. Here we go again. 
Um, but we'll get to that in a minute. Let's talk about some other points that uh, we've discussed this week that Greg wanted to pick up on. As usual, our emails are read by Laura. Hello, I'm writing in response to the discussion of employment and Stephen's comments on the so-called advantages of being born blind. There is 12 years or more of schooling as a blind person and more time experiencing the world as a growing child who is blind, but they have the major disadvantage of never experiencing sight. I am blind, but experience the world in many ways as if I was still sighted. I've experienced colours, I've seen oceans, sunsets, great works of art, all kinds of animals, trees, mountains, stars and constellations, maps, oscilloscope screens, magnetic waveforms, and all this means I intuitively understand from experience what the world is like if you can see. Just as someone born deaf has had no experience of music, the ocean surf, bird calls, or a train whistle, even a fire alarm... I figure that as an adult who has lost sight, I can eventually learn all the skills blind school children have learned. I won't expect to learn it overnight. It takes time, effort and dedication and lots of practice. I have never come across anything that is easier being born blind than not blind. A person blind from birth is very likely to read Braille faster and more accurately than me, that's for sure. But I can and am learning to read Braille and getting better every day. And the same applies to every other blindness skill. There are indeed many obstacles to employment for blind people. Most of the careers that are really open to success for blind people are professional careers, such as that of a lawyer or some other skill that involves learning and intellectual processing. In the world of all working people, some become construction workers, factory workers, bus drivers, pilots and so many career paths that are difficult or impossible for blind people to be accommodated in. So people with the natural aptitude and inclination for those types of career paths are really disadvantaged in the marketplace. It is a sad reality that many in the blindness community will loudly dispute, but being blind, in my opinion, is a disability, one that makes working very challenging for far too many. With all the advantages of modern technological advances over the last quarter century, changes in employment law and unemployment rate of blind people has barely budged. We need a society that does not keep blind people who cannot find work in poverty. Okay, I assume the flames will be coming. Greg in Pennsylvania. (laughs) <laughs> not not from me, if I'm honest on that one, Greg. This is the thing with Greg, right? Greg and I actually agree on a lot more than we disagree on. Uh, I agree with a lot of that. And I, I think that the, it's, it's. I mean, I must admit, when I say I agree with a lot of it, I think there's a lot of discussion in there. I mean, around the idea of is blindness a disability? I think that's a very interesting question because I remember, and I've said this story before, I'm sure, but a friend of ours who, who was on a show with us years ago talked about being at blind school. And at that time in her life, she was getting access to Braille. She was getting access to all the materials she needed to do her schoolwork. And it was when she left school, that's when she felt disabled. At the time, she didn't because she had access to everything. So you know, it's one of those, and obviously you hmm. can't live in a bubble. That's the other side of this because, you know, we don't live in a world that's for blind people, do we? It's a world for everybody, right? And it's like, and majority is sighted. There's no way around that. But well, we wouldn't be, it wouldn't be classed as a disability. If well, the world was that's right. designed for us, then we wouldn't be, find anything that we weren't and, able and that's the to argument, do. And that's an argument a lot of people make. You know, disability is not the condition. It is that the society around us isn't built for us. Yeah, but in a practical ways, you know, it's not always practical to make everything disabled friendly. Yeah, this this is where I think this is an interesting conversation. For every disability is what I mean. I mean, yes, you can make something accessible to one person with a disability, like we talk about, you know, the blind deaf being overlooked and, and underrepresented mm-hmm. in, in our community and in lots of places. Um, whereas, you know, something that we say, yeah, it's accessible. Okay, it's accessible to us, but it may not be to someone else with another disability, right? Well, I mean, a good example of that, funnily enough, was the the Amazon Echo. I remember when it came out, so many people were like, oh, this is amazing. This is great. Oh, the blind community could really benefit. Disabled people could benefit from this. And then, you know, there's a whole lot of deaf people put their hands up and said, uh, hello. Yeah, that's right. Now, Speech obviously, impediments. Amazon, yeah, exactly. Right. That's right. Speech impediments. And, and, you know, Amazon addressed all that. And they've done really well at addressing that. But the point is, that in the initial stage, it wasn't. And that wasn't, I don't... I, the whole kind of blame game thing bothers me a bit because on that one, I, I, I wouldn't blame Amazon for that. I think it's, uh, they weren't they weren't designing a device for blind people. They were designing a device for everybody. And if disabled people benefit, that's great. And actually then they realised, and once they realised that disabled people could benefit, they included even more features in it to allow for that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. But yeah, the, Greg's point I think is, 
there's a lot in there, um, which I don't think we could answer ourselves, to be honest. I think it's a conversation for other people. It's interesting he thinks that flames will be flung on that. Maybe they will. Maybe people will, will disagree. I'm, I've no doubt people will disagree. I know many people who would say that they, you know, being blind from birth, they would never want their sight back. Or, or not, sorry, I beg your pardon, not get your sight back, not get vision at all, essentially, because you've never had vision, right? Yeah, so if yeah, you're yeah. completely blind and have been since birth, they, well, there's not well, the argument is that's the default say, state. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. And and I just wonder, because that's that's the thing about that experience, right? If you, We haven't had that experience, you and I, but I do wonder if you've been in that world, if you've been in the world of blindness your whole life, is it a disability to you? Is the, I mean, and what I mean by that is, is the sight law is, is the lack of vision, lack of ability to see, never knowing a sunrise, a sunset, all these things visually. Does it have an impact on you and your life? Does it does it bother you? Do you think about it? Do you? Mm. I don't know. It's just, I mean, we can't answer that. I need to it's put that out conversation. there But I think there's two different sides to it. What Greg was saying there about the, you know, being able to see before oscilloscope and things like that. There are practical benefits to being able to have visual memories and, and have seen things like that before. But I think there is a difference emotionally being able to cope, you know, that as a RPer, you know, retinitis pigmentosa, we so many times we're in denial or we're angry. No, it's not 100% across the board. Of course not. But that's the general rule, you know. Our peers are losing their sight slowly and they struggle to do that. So I think there is a difference between people who are blind at birth and people who have lost their sight from an emotional and acceptance point of view, obviously. Um, but the, yeah, the difference between practically and practical terms between having seen before, obviously, I think that there is positives to that. Of course. Yeah. Well, look, I, I, I don't think know. We should put that out to people because I think that's one for for other people to decide on. I think and and certainly come up with their own views on it. There's a lot in that. I think it's um it's a really interesting conversation starter, as these emails always are. Thank you, Greg. I will come back to your Twitter comments a bit later, but to, for now, I want to continue this theme because Gary has got back in touch regarding his comments on the Superblind and my comments on the Superblind oh, no. and the fact that, as far as he's concerned, I've missed the point. Hi, Stephen. I'm sorry that I brought up Superblind in my last message since it distracted you from my main point. I think it may be useful to spend more time on how those blind folks who are or were employed managed to break the code. That is the code that causes employers to reject blind workers before giving them a fair chance to get a job. Since you objected to my take on Superblind, I would like to know to whom the term applies. Of course they need to be blind – Beyond that, I assume that the term applies to blind people who have mastered echolocation, have mastered mobility in many, if not all, situations, and who are able to write and read Braille efficiently and at a rapid rate. Is having one of these three achievements the only path to superblind, or are there others? Since I don't have any of the three superblind skills at any superstar level, I will just have to feel left out, but I suspect I could make it to Scotland if tea and a talk ever became an option. I'll have to pass on echolocation reading Braille faster than I can talk. My point is this. Superblind, <laughs> if not a myth, is at least dismissive of other superpowers that blind people have. You obviously have a radio personality superpower. Sean has a demo-making superpower, along with being a radio sidekick. I think that most people have at least one superpower, which is likely their key to employment. Why do they only get to be superblind if they can also echolocate, travel extensively and independently and read Braille extremely well? No, I do not aspire to being able to echolocate, travel anywhere independently, or read Braille quickly and efficiently. I aspire to work on enhancing my superpowers. Let me note that you are an international traveller, so that obviously makes you superblind. So is Sean, even if he did break his leg in his own driveway. That's not to even mention your KFC finding superpower. I think your show may be just too much fun. It distracts me from working on my superpower. Gary Crow. <laughs> we are here to distract. That is our job in life. Um, okay, well, look, the two points there, obviously, the super blind thing. Uh, I, I think I would summarize it much more simply than all of that. I would say that the reason, or the way I use that term, you might consider it derogatory. I don't know. Um, the way I look at it is super blind is someone who calls out someone else who is blind, they, themselves being blind, for doing something or not doing something as well as they can. That to me is is 
partly the definition of super blind. Well, then it is a slur, right? Yeah. Okay. It's it a, is slur, a slur. Then. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm, we're yeah. getting our definitions in order. That's all. As I mentioned that, you know, I find someone when I was doing the skill step course into work, I find some of the people with no vision at all, whose mobility was amazing. And more than that, that their confidence to use public transport was absolutely amazing. When I'm shaking there on the tram, they're just absolutely happy. And I, I've, I would use the term super blind to that, uh, but I wouldn't use that. That's not a derogatory term. I mean, so, it, I mean it, it's it's tricky. I think maybe the, the the term does sort of distract from the conversation. I don't know. Well, I mean, you have to call people something. Well, I do anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I think. I mean, I, I saw you could this say tweet. the way they do that is amazing. And if someone's saying, "Oh, you can't do that," so therefore no, no, you're no, less of that's, a person, that's not, well, you're a bit of an idiot. Sorry, you need there's a way to approach people and talk to people. If you're good at something, I'm not against that. Look, if someone is able to do X, Y, or Z and do it really well, that's great. I think, and I feel this is the case for. Probably the case in other communities as well. I think there's probably equivalents in other communities who do this. Maybe superblind is the wrong term. I don't know. I just, it just, you know, it sounded good to me. But the thing is, I feel that when it comes to the way some blind people communicate to other blind people, it's not very fair. And I'll give you an example of this. So Bernie on Twitter writes about how she became a grandmother very recently, and she sent texts to lots of people with good news, having no idea that dictation had spelt wait as wait, as in W-E-I-G-H-T, as W-A-I-T, and yes. seven pounds as seven British pounds, right? Okay, so yes. she says, I had absolutely no idea until uh, a kind friend pointed it out, and when I read back through the text, it sounded perfect. Now, she says, the last thing I wanted to do was make mistakes with something like that. I was excited. I was proud. But you can't possibly know or think about all the different ways a word could be spelt and then be expected to plough through the text to check. It, you know, sounds the same Absolutely if you're listening. Right. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's, that's the point. So, so there's someone who writes a text. She's really happy because she's just become a grandmother. She wants to tell the world about it. And then you get some, you know the word, who gets in touch Let's call them super blind. It gets in touch and says, hey, (laughs) well, yes, maybe maybe that's where it comes from. Um, But, you know, who gets in touch and says, "Mm, you didn't do that right. And you just think, oh, come on. You know, and yeah, that's just well, that's I, I that edited, that's what that, that's really where I started with this because that's kind of what got me set off on Monday about this. Okay, but did we get distracted from Gary's point there about celebrating people and, and investigating how people got into work who are blind or visually impaired? We did. Uh, we completely distracted from that, and we'll come I back know, in a moment because uh, yeah, sure. we're uh, okay. Well, okay, yeah, we did talk a lot. I, I, I think people want us to talk about how we're in in this job. Um, I have no idea is the truth of this. No. Um, well, as I mentioned after that email, you know, I, I think a lot of it is luck. I hate to say it. That, yeah, what's the secret people- sauce, though? I, I think there is a secret sauce, right? And and I'll say this quickly because we, we need to cut to break. Okay. But, but what I'll say is, on this point, and I don't want to cut this short because Gary is, is making a, a plea here for us to talk about this. But I think if you're looking for a secret sauce, you've got to work very hard. There's no way around it. And you have to get yourself prepared. I go back to my point I've made a million times in this show you have to take personal responsibility for your own existence, for your own life, for everything around it, and you know for the opportunities that arise. If an opportunity can arise or does arise and you can take it, then go for it. And you have to be prepared. That means you have to have your IT in order. You have to think about how you're going to get to work. If you know What options are out there? Is there a scheme that can help you if you need it? You've got to do your research. And yes, I know that we have to put in a lot more work than most people do to do the same thing. We do. But there's no way around that. That's part of the problem. And if you yeah. think there's a if there's, if there's a cheat sheet to this, there isn't. There's no cheat sheet to it. You got you That's got true. You, you got it. I'll agree. I, I, I got into the media business be, and I I honestly, you know, I did it for for because I wanted to do it, but, but primarily because someone told me I couldn't. That was the beginnings of it. Um I was told by my school, you'll never do this. You'll be a secretary. Go and learn to type. That's all you'll ever do. And I frankly said, screw that. Yeah. Uh, and, and I said, no, I'm going to go and do what I want to do. Now, what I wanted to do was be a cameraman. I realised very quickly that was never going to happen. All yes. right. But then I realised there's this thing called radio. And then I got involved. A friend of mine started it all off, Ian Hamilton. We had him on the show recently. He was the first person I met. And he never took, and he'll tell you himself, you know, he didn't take me on a career or lead me on a career path. But he gave me tools. 
He gave me advice. He gave me friendship. And he made me able to stand up for myself to say, when an opportunity arises, I'm ready for it. That was my yeah. secret sauce. And that was it. That's all I did. And then from that point forward, I backstabbed. No, I didn't. I <laughs> <laughs> trod on people on the way up. No, I, I just saw opportunities. And, most, and the funny thing is most jobs I've had in my life have never existed before. Because I would go in and I'd say, do you know what you need in here? You need one of these. We'd have one of those. Yeah, well, you should have one. Okay, you do there now. we go. You don't have a cleaner, <laughs> right? You've got one now. Yeah. No, so, you, you know, you're right. Yeah. You, and I know, and I, you know, a, a friend of mine said this. This is one piece of advice a friend gave to me years ago. And he said, you cannot be a shrinking violet when you're blind. You've got to stand up. You've got to stand out. And I think that's the key as well. You, you cannot be shy about it. And it, don't get me wrong. I know it's tough. I know it is. I know it can be a nightmare. I know it can be frustrating. I've, a, a guy I know lost his job as a teacher, and then he applied for 370-odd jobs that some of them he didn't even get an interview for. Yeah, He ended up on the 376th, something like that, occasion, getting offer of a job of a supply teacher. He took it. Now, yeah. Some people these days, the modern kids nowadays that go, oh, well, if I don't get a million dollars a year, I'm not getting out of my bed. Well, sorry, guys, you're not going to get a job. And, you know, that's the bottom line. You know, you have to take the opportunity. Now, he wasn't happy about it, but he realized he had to do it because he needed a way back in to prove himself again, not only to other people, but to himself. Yeah, And that's the game. That, unfortunately, is the blind life, unfortunately, is continually proving yourself most often to yourself. Right, TED Talk over. Um, okay. We'll take a break. We'll come back. But Gary, thank you for that. It was a really interesting email, really interesting points brought up. And uh, I hope that goes some way to uh, answering your question. Stick around. We have more to come, more emails, and uh, I don't know, something else. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. I don't know if there's something else this year. I haven't quite figured that one out. But, no, we'll uh, get to it. We're yeah. free-forming. It's something Saturday. in my mind that I wanted to talk about today. Everyone I can't chill. remember what it was. Sidekick Sean. Unbelievable. I, I, that was a bit dismissive, wasn't it? I think Sidekick it was, I, Sean. I think it was absolutely accurate, though. But still, yes. I feel like I should take offence, but I don't. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Well, it's anyway, funny that he thinks sorry. you're the sidekick. Uh, yeah, but that's I don't true. think I'm the sidekick. Yeah. I can yeah. be the sidekick. No, you're not the sidekick, sidekick. Stephen. You're driving the bus. You're very good. God help us all. Um, <laughs> right, let's get to another email. <laughs> yes, please. John has been in touch, and he is talking about something I love on a Saturday. Waffles. Hello. Well, I never thought I'd say this about Double Tap, but your recent shows have been very thought-provoking. Whatever next? <laughs> I've only had a very small go at Discord on the iPhone. The only thing I can remember was opening it up and it saying it noticed I was using a screen reader and would I mind submitting some anonymous statistics about my use, which I was quite impressed by. I'm not sure I actually used the app again, but it was nice to feel like it was interested. (laughs) I think it's a very good idea to try to rate apps when they succeed or fail. From my experience, app ratings are incredibly important to companies and I'm happy to throw out a one rating if an app doesn't work with voiceover or a five if the experience is good. It's worth taking the time to do, particularly for companies that make it hard to get in touch with anyone interested. I've always had good replies from Apple Accessibility, even though nothing ever gets fixed and you never hear anything back again, but at least they always reply and acknowledge what I've said, unlike other companies like Sonos who don't seem to monitor their accessibility email address or others that don't have one at all. Mm-hmm. I've been lucky enough to get my hands on a Hable One for a bit. Once I figured out how to hold it, I found it incredibly intuitive, even though I have never written a single letter of Braille before. Likely, if you are used to typing with a Perkins, it might feel a bit weird. But if you are only used to reading, then it makes a lot of sense. To put into context, my reading is so poor I couldn't even figure out which way up the sheet of instructional Braille that came with the Hable should go. A lot of the shortcuts are also very well thought out. Hold down N for notifications, I for item chooser and so on. Wait, item chooser on the iPhone is a thing? Mm. I find it a bit odd that people don't talk about the problems with text editing on the Mac so much. A few years ago, I had the pleasure of witnessing a strange project at work. Someone had been tasked with recreating a mainframe system in the web browser. 
The remit was to make it identical, green screen and all, so this included making it all work with the keyboard only. One of the essential keys was F1. In Internet Explorer, this opens up the help sometimes. When watching people use the app, it would regularly pop up the help window, but the users were so accustomed to it that they instinctively just closed it down without thinking. I thought this was the worst bit of software ever, but then I hadn't tried to edit text on a Mac with voiceover before. I regularly have to try to remember if I need to use Command plus Tab twice to regain focus, turn Quick Nav on, then off again because the cursor up and down have decided they want to work like cursor left and right instead, (laughs) or turn voiceover on and off, or all the other various little hacks to try to regain some control. Voiceover regularly reads words or punctuation that isn't there. It literally drives me to tears of frustration on a regular basis. Please tell me I'm not alone here. Nope. I type all through the day and use these little hacks all the time. When you constantly suspect your own computer is lying to you, then something is definitely not going well. Mm-hmm. Like when you get so used to closing the help window, you don't even notice it is there anymore. When I started using VoiceOver on Mac, I would always get this feeling of panic every time I needed to type anything because I never felt I had the slightest idea what was going on at any given time, and it was always different. I now just type everything in a separate text editor and use copy and paste because I am terrified of doing anything more complicated. It's regularly easier to start again than it is to edit something I've already started. Yes. So, yes, if there is a typo in the middle of my sentence, then so be it. Sometimes fixing it is just harder than starting all over again from scratch. On the other hand, maybe the person who wrote that tweet had been facing discrimination because sighted people thought that being blind meant they couldn't act professionally. The problem with Twitter is that there's never any context. True. I found the echolocation episode extremely interesting. I remember Sally on your old show talking about this and I could never get my head around it. But please keep these conversations going. When I started to properly go blind, I found myself in a situation where I no longer felt like a capable sighted person and similarly was a very long way from being a capable blind person. I'm still a long way from being a capable blind person, but it does help once you stop thinking about the sighted world, because at that point, the only way is up. It is very easy to feel overwhelmed by what others can do, wondering how you're going to master a screen reader going at top speed when you can't even pour a cup of tea out without Noah popping round in his ark wondering what all the fuss is about, or being able to go for a walk without ending up in a hedge while someone else is sticking to walls like Spider-Man and able to spot a bank robber 300 miles away by clicking their teeth. It's good to know what is possible, as long as it is kept in perspective. Apologies, I have waffled on for ages about nothing again, so I'll leave it there. John from Northampton. Oh, that was excellent. That was an excellent email. Thank you so much for that. That genuinely just made me laugh. Spider-Man sticking to walls while while sporting a bank robber. (laughs) Super blind. There's uh, the next Marvel movie. Uh, Um, Yeah, the the text editing on the Mac. Now, as I said, I haven't used a Mac in a long, long time, but I, I was so frustrated with text editing, as as I was with the iPhone, to be honest. I think it has got a little bit better, but it still can be frustrating on the iPhone. Actually, you know, it's funny because I actually thought text editing, well, I only ever use text edit for editing. I don't ever go into a word. I wouldn't dare. I think that's the problem. Often Word and, and you and I tried Chrome for a while. Uh, not Chrome. Um, Google Docs. Google Docs. Yeah. And that was a bit tricky on the Mac. PC's much better, that kind of thing. But... Um, yeah, I find text edit okay, actually. It's one of my favourites to type on. I mean, mainly because of the fact it has autocorrect and it usually got everything right as I was going along. Yeah, but what about actually, you know, the process of editing text and, and just typing on the Mac? Uh, as as um, Sorry, I've forgotten his name already. Who was it? John. It was John. John, sorry, John. So as John said there, he's using, I'm assuming, text edit to, to go into there to type his text and then copy and paste it out into whatever text field he needs to because... He finds editing it else, elsewhere just a, a chore or frustrating. I'm trying to remember the setting. There was a setting I had to change that really made a difference for me, and that was in the accessibility. Oh, good. Yeah, no, it was in the accessibility settings, but it was it was something like t- making sure the cursor was to the right of the letter spoken. So it basically put it back into the same type of layout that you would get on JAWS, so you would know where the cursor was in the... Yeah, in the sentence, you know that was that was often the big challenge was knowing where the cursor was. Uh, so there's a way you can change it so that it makes it a bit more like the way the PC works. The problem I had was where not knowing exactly where I was, as in if I would delete something, sometimes it would say on the iPhone. I find this all the time: delete a character, and sometimes it will read it out 
sometimes it won't. It'll just do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, you. yeah. You That's think, a right, nuisance. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah what, where am I up to now? Delete again, and then it'll read the character out. So Sometimes just, it'll read words. Sometimes it won't yeah, read words. Yeah, I know. And it just, yeah, on Windows Mail, uh, on Windows, obviously, on the built-in email client, Windows Mail, exactly the same process. If you delete something, it doesn't read it out all the time. I, I've switched to Outlook, and it's a lot better. But uh, it's, those sort of things are basics. I, I can't help but wonder... Oh, why is so difficult about text entry and editing text and navigating around text that some some of these systems have problems with? Our good friend Robin Christofferson, who's been on here many times, he he's often said that he doesn't think that the Mac is very keyboard friendly at all. Which, when you think about it, I, I often struggle with that. But then I kind of I get where he's coming from. I I think it's the it's it obviously has keyboard shortcuts. It's not that it doesn't have capability, but it's just that the way the keyboard works with the Mac and the way it responds, it's just as if something's there's a slight disconnect somewhere. I mean, the focus issues I've talked about, those are a nightmare from time to time. Yes. And, you know, I, I haven't, I, I can't say it's gotten worse or better. It's just stayed the same. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's a problem. Uh, yeah, do you know I don't what the know. problem is, though? I've always put it down to, oh, I'm doing something wrong, or I don't know how to use this Well, that's what yet. I did at the or start. Or I'm missing because, a feature. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm feeling, I mean, I still feel quite new to all this. And, you know, John makes a good point about, you know, making the decision to almost go non-visual. Red Sale, who does My Life in Books here on AMI-audio, he uh, he and I talk about this a lot, you know, the non-visual. It's, it's just a, you have to, in your head, make a decision to turn that screen off, stop using any remaining vision. That is often the problem. And I know people still, this is another debate that we could probably have all day and night, but yes. there, is, there is a conversation around how or when or even if someone who's low vision should even utilize what vision they have. I think that's a serious conversation. I think if you're mm-hmm. a child if you if you're a child at school, I go back to this a lot because A, you know, personal experience, you know, I, I just wish they'd thought this through. But, you know, what did they know? It was what, thirty years ago. So, you know, they don't have a clue, really. Um but, you know, I feel that kids at school should, if they have low vision, and the condition is such that it's never going to improve and may get worse. Should those children learn to live in a non-visual environment? Because like John said, like I've said, like Red has said, like you've said, like lots of us have said, and everybody I speak to who says learn a screen reader, they all say the same thing. Turn the screen off. Go non-visual. So you kind of feel, okay, maybe I need to stop looking at things. Now, obviously there is, you can't do that for everything. You know, if you've got some useful vision, left and you, you're crossing a road, you're going to use it. Because well, that's your life you're talking about. Useful. Right? Ah. Yes. It's when Although it becomes I don't, useless. I must admit, I, I, I'm, I'm better with my ears than I am with my eyes. I, I try to look and I feel like, it sounds strange to say this, but I'll, I'll sometimes turn to look and I think, oh, I can't see that. So then I turn my head back and I think, oh, there's a car coming. It's, it's, <laughs> the ears are well, obviously doing the work. There's the other thing as well. I've stopped, purposely stopped turning my head because I can't see anything coming. It's just habit. When I'm crossing the right. road. Yeah. But I think it puts the cars in a full sense of, oh, he's seen me coming. So I've purposely had to force myself to stop turning my head. Yeah, how, so do you find, know, how do you find <laughs> it? I know, I know it probably doesn't matter so much now, but how did you find during that course of, or since that transition period, how did you feel about eye contact? Um, I, I noticed it. And I noticed the people's interactions with me was the thing that changed the most. It does because change, doesn't it? It does. Because I was able to see where people's eyes were. I couldn't see any detail, but I could lock on to where mm. they were. It puts people into a false sense of, you know, you've got enough vision to do that. And as soon as you don't have <laughs> yes. that anymore, then, yeah, th- their attitude. But the attitude actually has made my life so much easier. Yeah. So, yeah, it's um, it's a tricky one. Are we, it has made the conclusion? It Are we getting to the conclusion here that being blind is actually pretty awesome? I wouldn't go do, that far. Do, do you think we're going to end up there in like 10 years? We're going to be like, what were we complaining about? This we're, is great. We're going to turn super blind. <laughs> we're going to rename the show The Super Blinds. Oh, dear. Um, I want to mention also a couple of other things uh, that John picked up on. I mean, Hable One is, yeah, definite plus for that. I think that's a great little device. And uh, item chooser on iPhone. Yeah, I mean, come on. that is. I didn't even know that was a thing until accidentally finding it. Um, oh, no, it's fantastic. Have you noticed, by the way, since the latest 16 point whatever updates, that even if you do a magic tap, sometimes it brings up the item chooser. 
Oh, because don't, it, it thinks don't even you've, go there. Don't even go there with, with three that. fingers instead of two fingers. Uh, all the time that comes, especially if you're a dice world player, you double, t- you do the magic tap to do the uh, roll again, and item chooser comes up, and it does it in. It's not a dice world problem; it's a iOS system problem. It does it all the time. It's so annoying. Can I say I absolutely hate the new way they do audio messages in iMessage? Yes, Can I just I say I really don't like it? Can you please put it back to the way it was? Oh, I mean, for a start, that means you need to have that app drawer open all the time. And if you've got the keyboard on and you're using it, you've got to arrow through every single app on the phone near enough to get to just the one you want, which I don't see any value in at all. I mean, why, why, is, there a, why is there an app on there for, was it Dropbox? I'm like, what, an iMessage? Yeah, I, I don't quite understand i'm sure someone will email in and say yeah i use it in my workflow all the time but yeah i absolutely agree half the i mean fitness is in there just before audio yeah, for, i believe it for what purpose i want to what send someone my do? steps or Ugh. i mean i'll just type it out if they're really interested yeah um, none. No, I, 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 <laughs> that's easy you put that in text totally replacement agree. and why don't you know they got the dictate button there right next to the text field for sending a message why don't they just make it that if you double tap and hold then that's recording audio. And every yeah. audio message I send now starts with release to send, blaring out before that's I right. even start speaking. Yeah. Like, yeah, it seems like, well, why have you changed it? I had a problem today with it and I thought, ah, I'm going to screen record this and send it to Apple and say, see, there's a problem here because there was a focus issue when I was tapping on the, the button, the button to double tap on to record, it kept losing focus, which just keeps yes. jumping away. Yeah. And I couldn't get that button. So I thought, right, I'll screen record it. As I'm screen recording, it works perfectly. Yeah, of Is course. that not just yeah. typical? <laughs> this is a bug that only works when it's not being recorded. Can, can that be, is that the solution to everything? Just record everything on your phone and everything will work perfectly because then no there one can go. send it anywhere. There you Easy. go. Brilliant. Uh, but no, that, that, was, that was interesting. And also the thing that you mentioned there, John, I want to mention about is app ratings. I think we need to come up with an app rating system here. All right, I think we need to come up with this. Because, I mean, I did have my great idea, uh, which was toes. Remember the one I did with hardware? I would say, how many toes would this break if it fell on? So like a Perkins Brailler, that's a five yep. toe, right? Yep. That's yep. a yep. complete destruction of toes. Yes. But, you know, a Hable is, is that one. A good thing? Uh, maybe a Hable one's a pinky. So maybe it's just a half break. So maybe a one half point. Well... I mean, you could have it that how many toes would you break because you were so frustrated you kicked a wall or something. I was going to say the dog, but that's terrible. That's shocking. You kick kick something, uh, you know, so if it's a five-toer, that means it's so frustrating and inaccessible. It sounds a little bit convoluted, I must admit. I think think we may need to explain too much. I think if we just, I think we have the answer in our name. So we're called double taps. So it's just taps. How many taps are you giving this? Because what I'm going to say is one tap is couldn't be bothered with it. Rather, it was dead. Five Hmm. taps, it was worth the five taps. Okay, I'll go with that. Just because I can't be bothered to argue with you. I also can't really think of anything else. No, no, absolutely. Who can be bothered? So it's Saturday, it's the weekend. I was thinking we should have a jingle. I think we should have the good, the bad, or the ugly sort of Western music in there. Because, you know... Yeah, but but we can do that. But we have to give the apps ratings. Well, I think good, bad, or ugly is, is good enough. Good, bad, or ugly? No, that does. That's too. That's too varied. That's, that's too vague. Well, it's not too vague at all. Well, you if know, it, what if an app's okay? You know, what if it's well, like it's, it's not terrible, but it's not bad. Then it's so ugly. That, so that's ugly. That that's horrible. Ish. I mean, it's it's technically accessible. No, this but is even this is back to is the bad. toes. That's just another toe example of a mess. All oh, right. Okay. If you know how to rate apps, why not email in? <laughs> I'll try. I'll try to think of it. You know, things that I mean, we we could we could. Uh, <sighs> I oh. hate brainstorming. Um, what, live on air? Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> Keep listening. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Whatever. Oh. I think I think we go with taps. You can decide, dear listener. Get in touch. Tell us how we should rate apps. I have a feeling we're going to get taps 8 million suggest taps or toes. <laughs> oh, there's something there. Taps for apps, toes for... Oh, I wish I'd rush hardware around with toes. Right, can we can we stop now? Okay, we'll think we'll think of something. Yes, <laughs> that nearly worked. That was nearly, so close. Not quite. Okay, toes for bros. No, that sounds like a website. <laughs> no, sounds... forget that. Yeah, I don't um, like the sound of that no. at all. <laughs> Quickly, quickly now, move on. Uh, well, listen, we're almost out of time, but uh, yeah, just really interesting emails today. I really, you know, so many things. As and of ever. course, 
And we will have another email coming up, which is uh, a long email. It's about 13 minutes. So I would suggest mm. get a brew, get a brew, get a cup of tea or a coffee or a soft drink or a beverage. It's the weekend. Yes. Enjoy yourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would probably even suggest some kind of food in there as well, because you may be hungry by the end of it. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get that email on next. We'll, we'll do the podcast and that will pop out on your podcast player. Well, that was an awful lot of peas well, pop out on your podcast player. Any plosives on that mic? That's a very good <laughs> mic there. Good microphone. I was just testing it to be sure. Uh, but yeah, we'll get that on. I, can't, I still can't remember that thing I was going to talk about earlier. There was something else I wanted to bring up. I, I, I know there's one thing I do want to talk about because I've been, I've been getting all my apps ready, you see. We've got, we've got app uh, for next week. I'm going to be talking about Twitter. Oh, and we're going to be talking about two apps on the Mac, LaunchBar and Backblaze. Oh, cool. So we're okay. reviewing those next week on I think the show. I remember Backblaze. Yeah, okay. It's kind of like a, it's kind of, I mean, iCloud on the Mac is obviously the great one for backing up, and you've got Time Machine on there as well, but there are other options out there. So Michael Babcock is back with us, and he's going to be going through all of that. Uh, we keep Michael busy, don't we? We really keep him. He loves it. He does. He of adores he does. it. Nah, it doesn't. He's a, I'll but, do Logitech you know. options, showing you how to do the... Well, keys. yes, if you wouldn't mind. I'll do something, I suppose. Yeah. You're going to be able to record it okay? I've with got your a broken leg. leg. i got a poorly leg. I'm yeah. disabled, you know. <sighs> Stop having expectations of me. Are you really disabled, though? I mean, really, are you? <laughs> uh, listen, we're back on Monday. On air Maybe. proper. Proper. On Monday. Uh, on radio. Well, it's actually television. But, you know, how this thing works is beyond me. But okay. we're on air. That's the main thing. So check us back. Or check out us back. Check out us back. Check, check, check back us, us out, out back. Whatever. Unprofessional. We're back, we're back on Monday. Have a good weekend. <laughs> Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.